who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm Molly McAleer, and I have a return guest with me today, dear friend of the pod. I'm so happy to have him here today, Jason Shapiro. Welcome back, babe. Thank you, Malls. It is so good to be here. The movie, I, I just can't wait to talk about this because I watched this uh, one and a half times. I, I woke up at like four o'clock this morning, couldn't stop thinking about this movie and watched the second half again. So I just am so excited to be here, so excited to be talking to you, and the pleasure is is all mine. I mean, listen, dude, I I adore you. When I whenever I think of you, I think like, oh, Jason Shapiro, easily in like a top like twenty people in LA oh that God. I love to hear from, love to see. I I am so bad at keeping in touch with you, and since you were last on the show. Like your whole life has changed. My whole man. life has changed. Yeah. It's I where do I even begin? Um, I have been married. I have a child on the way. It's just I can't. It's, it's wild. so exciting. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean my my world has just become a lot smaller in, in a good way. I I don't have much of a social life these days, pre or post pandemic. I guess we're not post pandemic, but yeah, it's uh just kind of living the simple life, as they say. That's so great. That's so great. I definitely like have loved the pandemic in that way because it's allowed me to be the hermit I've always really wanted to be. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you have, I just have had so much wonderful growth and excitement in your life. When is, when is the baby coming? Um. So my wife, Shannon, is due in December. Our dog, Chloe, just walked over me. Freak on a leash. On. Freak on a leash is really excited that I'm on with you because she is a big cat dog. She loves cats. 
Um, <laughs> thinks she grew up around cats and she gets really excited whenever cats are around. So I think she just feels the energy. Well, I think that's why little dogs are so aggressive is because they know secretly they're part cat. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, Chloe is the least aggressive little dog in the world. And so I think she might be full, full cat and like full a cat. really sweet kind. Not trying to compensate. Not at all. I okay. Well, so and, and it's, it's really good to be catching up over murder in Mexico. I know. Okay, so let's get into it. Now, so we've established you have something in common. Now you can relate a little bit more. Yeah. You Okay, this is a Hollywood story. This is a story that it's honestly considering how public at least one of the players involved is and that this whole story took place in Hollywood. There is very, like, there's not a lot. Not at all. This. I mean, they really tried hard to ham fist the two huge shows that he was involved in the show, I mean, I, I will save it for later, but, you know, the last line of the movie, very much a reference to the biggest show that he was involved in. There was a Pimp My Ride reference, too, that I thought was super exciting to know, you know, what happened well, to the creator of Pimp My Ride. Yeah. So, like, let's I feel like we're we're doing like a short sort of like a shorty episode today. So, like, let's just get into it. This guy was a producer on Pimp My Ride. He also he was a co-creator of Pimp My Ride. He was a producer on Survivor. Jace, I'm telling you, when I say there's not like anything out there, like really the most video I could find outside of like 30 second news clips, there weren't even like podcasts on it popping up. Like maybe if I had gone to the podcast store, but like YouTube usually has everything kind of yeah, just 30 second news clips, except for a like roughly four minute one about the fact that he vlogged in jail in Mexico and was like trying to show basically he was creating like a survivor esque situation in jail. Well, so what I don't remember this story and we were both in Hollywood when you know, the bulk of this story was happening. And so I don't know if I wasn't watching local news, but this was something I'd never heard of. When I when I did see producer of Pimp My Ride and, and Survivor in some of the headlines that I looked at, it like, you know, it, it kind of like flickered a little memory of like maybe seeing this headline, but that, that right. was the most. The most, exactly. Or like um, maybe someone saying like, oh, you know about that, like way back in the day, like maybe in a true crime group or something, exactly. like someone who really knows this shit. But I, I, you know, I will say like as much as L.A. has a reputation for being a talky town, I feel like this is also a town that would absolutely just like downplay this. Absolutely. I mean, it's the guy's credits pretty much end in 2010. Hollywood forgets about him. You know, he's the dirty little secret of the town. No one in reality TV wants to talk about him. They've all worked with him, I'm sure. And and yeah, we kind of tend to to kind of sweep these things under the rug. Wait a minute. So wait, actually, here's the thing. Did you not hear that Pimp My Ride is is maybe getting rebooted? That doesn't I haven't heard that specifically. It doesn't surprise me because I know like Cribs is coming back. Um, yeah. And and. Interesting. This guy has been out of jail for a year. He only served like six years of the 12 measly years he got. Now, let's let's before we like start going into the story, guilty or not guilty, what's your verdict? I am so confused and I, do, I I'm confused on where the film like even 
comes down on this. I don't know what the filmmakers believe. You know, I'm going with not guilty only because the evidence that the film presented didn't totally line up for me. What what do you think? I mean, listen, like it, it the the there's some more details to in the news story itself. Lifetime does like to anytime there's a gray area, they like to leave that open. I don't know if that's just for like legal reasons or or what that is, but they definitely like to present both sides a lot of the times um and even make like the killers somewhat sympathetic. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm very, very torn on it. I'm very torn on it. The thing that makes me the most torn on it is how this man, no one is fighting for this man. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a, I personally think he's a huge scumbag and a terrible person, but I just don't know if he's, um, he murdered her. Yeah, no, there was a point in this movie where I definitely wrote in my notes that, this is exactly what when you are a woman scorned or when you hear about a guy like this in the news, like what happened to him is exactly what you hope happened to most cheaters. You're like, <laughs> yep, put him in a Mexican prison cell. Like, he, like, you know, he's fucking guilty, dude. Like, that is what I think what that that's I think the catharsis of this story for some people yeah. and why I think they would choose to make this uh, for a lifetime, even though this story is like very much underspoken about. So it's it is like kind of rumored that maybe he kind of bought his way out of prison. Interesting. OK, because how much do you make? I mean, how much do you make? For creating Pimp My Ride. I was thinking about this all night. Okay. You know, uh, well, you know how those how those networks like pay. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like. But I wonder with Pimp My Ride if he was able to, because there was a lot of like licensing for that show. Yep. That was like, I mean, Pimp My Ride was really like a nationwide movement. Yeah. And it's like almost difficult to describe to people like how that was the show and like opened people up to the entire like industry of customizing cars. Yeah. Um, it was a zeitgeist moment. I did not realize it. it went six seasons. And so. You know, and, he, and MTV would have like 20 episode seasons. Yeah. So he definitely had some cheddar from that. Probably. Yeah. Could buy his way out. I mean. But also like. I don't know if it's like as much to buy yourself out. Like it literally could have been 10 grand, especially during COVID. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> listen, man. Or they were letting people out left and right. And now they're trying to get people back in. I mean, I think I will say, you know, just while we're on this real quick and we'll go into it more later. But like, I think this movie does a real disservice to the Mexican justice system. Totally. They just, I mean, so disrespectful to criminal justice in general, but mostly just like, yeah, looking down on the Mexican criminal justice system. Not not cool. Lifetime. They definitely made it seem like a dog and pony show, sort of like even the reasons why the detectives felt justified in what they were doing was very like ego based behavior yeah. and nothing that redeemed what the work they did. So. You know, we open up with a shot of a man walking down a beach. We're hearing this like intense string music playing. White Lotus vibes I was getting. 
I mean, I haven't seen okay. it yet. I've been thinking a lot about the White Lotus because I'm watching it, and you know, it just it had those vibes for a second, but like very quickly. You know, I, I will just say during this opening, I was I was thinking about White Lotus and I was also trying to figure out who this actor looked like to me. And I went on a huge journey around that where like first I thought it was Jeremy Dornan, maybe. Then I thought it was like Wes Bentley. And then I thought he was Zachary Quinto. And then he just turned into a weird actor who didn't look like any of those guys. But it was, quite right. a, it was quite a journey for me. Yeah, this actor was incredibly interesting, I will say. This was this guy, have you ever like so Colin Egg Egglesfield? Never heard of him. James Yeah, his never heard IMDb of him. IMDB is wild. Like his picture on IMDB is actually uh very kooky. And he looks, he's so much more handsome in this movie. So we get to hear they use news clips. I love it when they use news clips in these movies. She's saying a story that's been making headlines for the last two years. In April of 2010, the body of Monica Bearsford Redmond was found in a sewer in Mexico. Her husband, Bruce, a former reality producer, was arrested for her murder. So Bruce is in a prison uniform. We cut to a sunny day in Mexico. We're at a happier time now, okay? They're at a resort. They're having their photos taken. They've just arrived. The whole family, Bruce and his lovely wife, Monica. You just sent me a picture of Colin Egglesfield, and I'm truly terrified. Like, I don't want to be mean, but he he doesn't have lips at all. And, no, I know. But he has one, like, uh, he has a sore where a lip would be. And this I know. you're using for his IMDb picture? Oh, no. And um, I mean, the actress who played Monica was fantastic. She was great. She also had a small little scar on her face, yeah. uh, but in a beautiful way. Oh, I um, yeah, this trivia guy that totally... the, the, the kids are siblings in real life. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little, little trivia that I saw on Amazon. Oh, yeah. oh, I love when Amazon gives me a trivia. Yes, I, I read it all. And there were only two I'm for this obsessed. movie. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad you and I agree on that on that element Absolutely. of Amazon trivia. It's huge for me. So, okay. Anyway, Bruce brought them there for her birthday and he's doing a, you know, what do you think? It's pretty nice, huh? He's like trying to win her affection back after, you know, fucking up majorly. And she's just like, she's not giving it to him. Monica, what, what I like about Monica is that you can tell this actress plays someone who doesn't have a poker face very well. I stand Monica's behavior in this movie. The whole time, I'm like, you are handling an abusive husband like a pro. Absolutely. And she's looking out for her kids. She's not blowing the whole thing up. She's not, you know, making a, a huge scene anywhere she is. I mean, she was so respectful when she went to the woman that he's cheating with. Like, she just keeps her cool. That scene was a, the bomb. Yeah. Like, that is, we, we have to get to that. So Bruce comes to the hotel room when Monica is unpacking all the bags, and um, she's, like, on the phone with Gretchen, this girl who runs a restaurant. And What's um, the restaurant called? Like, like Sabuba? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Sabuma, yeah, exactly. Cool. And um, it looked like Lil Doms, didn't it? Yeah, it in the front did, and then when they were in the back, like, office area, I'm like, I don't know. This is this is just a sad place. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it it does have that feel. Like some areas in LA, like it doesn't have the prestige of when a building feels old in other cities. It just gets it's a little depressing. Yeah, I was getting those vibes, but the cool the front the was very ceiling. cool. Yeah, Bruce, like I, he's like, I'm gonna take the kids on a hike. I want them to see the real Mexico, which feels intense for just getting off the plane. Yep, absolutely. And I don't know, like, yeah, does he? know the real Mexico? Like, is he scouting? Like, you know, is he seeing the surroundings? It just is all very confusing to me what his motives are. But I knew they were trying to kind of, you know, have us pay attention to this moment because it was going to be very important. So um, they're out on the hike. The kids are loving it. The kids are so uh, you get the vibe. These kids are so well behaved. And I love that's the great part of them using siblings because they were naturally engaged with each other and they were out of the way. That's what you need in kids in a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, the worst. So, yeah, you know, Monica's like not really loving it. And it's obvious they've never like even gotten on the same page in their marriage about what it is they enjoy individually. So He's like, why don't we take a picture? So he, the kids like, you know, get in front of this little like cliff area and he's trying to adjust the view. And right before he takes the picture, we cut to Monica working at her cafe. We're going to hear this little scene. She's getting a call from Bruce who's on set for some sort of boxing show. And then um, at the very end of this scene, we'll meet Hillary, his mistress. Enjoy your lunch. More ice on seven. Okay, got it. Hey, do you mind if I get Terry to cover for me tomorrow? Hot date? Date, yes. Hot, that's debatable. You're so picky. No, oh, I just want a tall, handsome, charming producer to sweep me off my feet. Who already found somebody like that? Well, that's right. You did. So, Boomba, this is Monica. Hey, beautiful. Just checking in. Speak of Debbie, we were just talking about you. I hope. Always. That's what I'd like to hear. The kids later? Can you? I might be able to break free, but... Yeah, no problem. We should, uh, should be wrapping up here in about an hour or so. Great. Why don't you bring the kids to the restaurant? We'll have dinner here. Sounds like a plan. Listen, I better run before these guys kill each other. I thought that was the point. Well, after we say action. <laughs> See you later. Love you. Love you back. Come on, knock it off. Knock it off. Whoa, whoa, guys. Guys. Hey, 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 all right. Time. Easy, easy. Listen. Hey, I thought you guys wanted to be a part of this, huh? The show is about respecting the sport and each other, okay? Can't control your anger, you're out. Got it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Take a break, cool off. Bruce. All right. All right, 10 minutes, we're picking it back up. Come here, Hillary's got a couple of possibilities to replace the two guys we lost. Anyone you're excited about? These two. They're good on camera and they have great stories. I like this guy. Let's bring them both in. Mm-hmm. We trust your instincts. Thanks. Careful. You're a happily married man. That I am. Okay, so we get three, we get several important characters in this scene here. We got Gretchen who is the shit. She is basically Monica's right-hand man at the restaurant. Yeah. Then we have we have Bruce's noble employee or his coworker. 
Yeah, I liked this guy. I love him. He's the only one that keeps it real with him. And let's let's be real. I think Bruce is an absolute total manipulator. I think that he is the type of person that probably moves through life getting what he can out of whoever he can. Like, it seemed like he was, it seemed like he was always telling this friend, like, I got it. Don't worry. And then as soon as, when, as soon as he comes back to the States and his friend's like, I'm sorry, I don't think like I can get you a job. Cause like, frankly, you murdered someone and yeah. And I kind of think you did too, because you're shady. And yeah, I mean, he, he's that classic guy that has a lot to prove and also probably, which is even worse, I think, doesn't even know half the time that he's manipulating people and, and buys into his own bullshit. Right, right. I mean, that's definitely what it seems like. And also the, yeah, he just wanted to, um, he wants it all, baby. Yeah. He wants the mistress. He, he has no impulse control. So uh, definitely a wandering eye. And he brings his kids to Monica's restaurant that night. And it's lively. Everyone's dancing. You know, Gretchen pushes him out on the dance floor. And then we transition from him and Monica dancing to a scene of him banging Hillary that I'm going to go out and say for a lifetime kind of graphic. Yeah, I, I watched that twice because I'm like, I mean, the sound design is, is very graphic. Um, that's, yeah, that's the, yeah. I mean, it just was... For Lifetime, they'll show way more like intimate sex that I'm like, ew, that me, a grown adult, I'm like, ew, adults kissing. Yeah. But the this was um, yeah, I was like, all right, he's definitely banging his mistress. So she's like, I thought this was over between us. She wants out of this thing. And he is very much like, you know, he literally goes, Come on, isn't it good for you, baby? Like so, what the ego it's very on gross. This man. Yeah. And and you know, it's the kind of thing where I it's it's in some of these movies, they make you they make you want to hate the mistress. And I didn't at all in this in this case. No, I loved her. Yeah. I actually I am. Well, one, I wonder if she's like still working today. Like if people feel like fucking awful that this happened to her because they should. Yeah, I mean, listen, like people, uh, you know, this. it's not like unheard of that people are inappropriate in this way in any profession. Yeah. Like there are accountants who do shit like this. So I, I would hate to think that this would follow for the rest of her life, but it probably has. I thought they, but I thought they portrayed her. They portrayed her very well and left the, you know, it left the onus on Bruce. So I wanted to see everyone's IMDBs so bad, but I had to just settle on just Bruce's. Oh, well, do you want to just... Uh, here, I'll send you the whole movie. Send you the whole movie. Uh, okay. No, I, I wanted so, to see their IMDb. I wanted to see all of their credits. The, you know, the people who worked with Bruce. Oh, I get you. Like, now. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I get you. Okay, so Monica overhears Bruce talking to Hillary in his office one night and he's like, I miss you. It's been 30 days. Should we go to a spa? It's so funny because Monica hates spas, but Bruce obviously loves them. Yep. And I thought that was a great detail to do throughout 
because that is very much someone who does not fucking pay attention to their significant other. Like he takes her on a hike and she's like, I would rather lay by the pool. Not a hike person. And he's obsessed with spas to the point that he includes it in a lie about her potentially. I wonder if it's a, I wonder if he's one of those guys that went, that goes to, you know, like the happy ending spas. For sure. Yeah. Like even with Hillary, like he's like, I, he's like, I have to additionally get it in. So Gretchen sees Monica at work the next day and right away knows that something is wrong. And she's like, I think Bruce is seeing another woman, but I was way too shocked to confront him. So at home, Monica asked Bruce to take out the trash. Oh yeah. So here, do you think she was asking him to take out the trash knowing that he would leave his phone or that was just a good opportunity. Hundo P. I, I, I wonder which, you know. I think he absolutely, Hundo P knew that he would leave that phone behind. Yeah, and that was her moment. Mm-hmm. He's smart. I mean, it was a good way to do it. By the way, I just want to say that, like, if someone ever says that if I t- go missing and someone's like, oh, her phone was missing or her phone was broken. No, it wasn't. Yep. I will always have a phone with me if I'm in control of my body. There's no way, unless you hear it from me, Yeah, my that I lost aside. my phone, okay? Yeah. So he goes to take out the trash. She fakes a headache, and he's like, I'll bring you aspirin on the way back, which is just the all that you know that that's the kind of fake helpful he was, yep. you know? Yeah, was I he going to, like, run out? Now. Yeah. <laughs> just rereading my notes, I'm getting mad, and I'm like, this motherfucker did it. Yeah. So yeah, she sees the text from Hillary and he can, she confronts him right away when he comes in and he, he plays dumb, but it escalates to where he like grabs the phone out of her hand. And it's very like when this confrontation ends after she's like, I'm going to take the kids, you know, I'm fucking out of here. He gives her this look like just you wait a little bit. The way he plays these angry scenes where he gets kind of calm after is very interesting to me. I don't know if it's the actor, the direction, them trying to like paint him as a certain way that's like true to his character. Yeah, it's like the scary. It yeah, it's it's really that kind of control is super scary, mm-hmm. and points to murder. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, stuck sleeping in the guest house, which I thought was nice of her. I wouldn't want him on the property. Yeah. So we go to the hotel in Mexico, and the kids are rushing out of the room, and he's sort of like scolding her parenting. Where he's like, you know, kids can't like, they can't run like this. And they wind up running into these neighbors, which are not just an essential part of any real life vacation. When you have like whoever it is next to you, you're all on vacation together, whether you speak or not. But these people, they're like a young couple. They're very cool. The chick is almost too cool. Like, I was a little bit put off by her personality. Did you notice that? Yeah. I mean, I thought they seemed like they were in a different movie, and I wanted to watch their movie also. I know. I did, too. I was like, that's a person with no anxiety. Yep. Like, the way she was handling his information, she's like, I'm sure it'll be okay. And I'm like, wow, she really seems like she means that. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, basically... They're like, I'm sorry if we were loud last night. And they were like, oh, no, we were out a lot later than you guys. And they're like, well, have fun, you know, at the pool. And Bruce is like, Monica, you got to you got to like watch these kids. They can't be running like that. 
And I'm like, why is that? Why is he telling her that? Yeah, she's doing probably 95% of the parenting anyway. He's just coming in for these little moments and then telling her how to do, you know, the job that she's doing most of the time. It's, it, yeah, it's asshole behavior. So what happens at the pool is that Bruce is playing in the pool with the kids. Monica is laying poolside this waiter comes up to her with a mojito she's like i didn't order this he's like complimentary and he walks off it's a nice little moment he definitely though the moment with the waiter does seem like he like picked her out of the crowd and was like i'm giving that woman a mojito yes and yeah i mean later you you see him in a different light too i mean in that moment i wasn't like okay i should i should think about this moment i i didn't think about it when i was watching yeah. And they did a really good job of making Monica look like extra sparkly. She just looks so beautiful in the sun. I was like, who wouldn't admire her? So we cut back to Monica's place or the house right after she heard about the affair. And she's drinking with her sister Elena in the kitchen. We see the saddest moment of Bruce pull up to the house with a bag of takeout. And he just like locks eyes with them briefly in the window on his way back to the guest yeah, house. Yeah, I mean, that was pathetic. It was the kind of embarrassing that only a man can be, I have to say. Like, it was just so specific. And um, No one wants you around. You know you're a piece of shit. Yeah, it doesn't get much worse than that. (laughs) It's awful. So, so, um, this, you know, her sister is like, you got to get rid of him. And Monica's like, I don't know. I don't want to do this to the kids. She wants to save the family. She knows Bruce is probably like a lost cause, but she also knows that the day that she tells her kids that it's over, it's going to ruin their lives essentially. So we see them back in the hotel room in Mexico. Monica's getting ready in the mirror and Bruce is like, you look beautiful. And she's allowing him to be affectionate with her. And he starts kissing her neck and thanking her for coming on the, on the trip. And uh, she tells him to get in the shower. She goes out to the bedroom where the kids are playing, tells them to get ready for dinner. And she checks his phone because it, there's messages going off on it and of course we don't see what happens but we do know she doesn't like what she sees so the next or that early that morning we go into the neighbor's room that's when i was like this movie's kind of lit yep like when we went into the neighbor's room there's it's like you know there there's noise coming from the next room and the woman's like is that the tv it kind of sounds like the adults are arguing and her husband's like call the front desk and she's like i don't want to get them in trouble it's a good shot they're like in bed i love this couple the hotel room looks very different than the like the room that the family was staying in their room looks like very cool and it's very it's full of color and it's very green which is one thing i noticed because later when they go to it in the flashback the room is stark white, which is really one of like the only things they really changed when they were having the detective basically freestyle what he thought happened yeah. that night. Like it was that was actually so interesting. Oh wow. Because yeah. the room was because like what happened, we didn't see what happened between Bruce and Monica, but but the one thing we did see was that couple and that room was just so white. So like that was also them sort of saying, like, we don't we don't know what happened. You, you know, know? So, like, I obviously believe the cops, I think, because I'm picturing that in my mind right now. When I picture them, it is that second scene. It is that flashback. 
So I don't know. I have to like kind of check my like biases, I think, because I've been. Well, you did rewatch the second half. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so back when they were in LA, Bruce and Monica ran into each other in the driveway and they sort of had this like mending moment where he basically says things got out of control. He's not talking to Hillary anymore. He'll go to therapy, which I love him saying like, I'll go to therapy. Oh, that was like the romantic. That was like when the romantic music kicks in and it's like, I'll go to therapy and Uh music swells. (laughs) Everyone should be in therapy all the time. Like that's not a, not a romantic moment, dude. I know. But that that is perfect, mm-hmm. though, for like probably where mental health for men in Hollywood yes. <laughs> was at the time, like for an average reality TV producer. I'll go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. So Monica tells Gretchen that her sister thinks that she's crazy for giving him another chance. And Gretchen agrees with her, but she's like, Monica, you know what's going to be good for you. So Gretchen's great. I mean, Gretchen should be like on Gilmore Girls. Like she is, she's just such a good friend. She's so supportive. I loved, I loved the casting for it. I loved it. I thought it was a great, she seemed so real to me. Now this is the fucking, are you ready for the pimp daddy scene? Yeah. This is the big boy. Okay. This is my, this is my shit. So Monica's insurance plan is to confront Hillary and to make sure that the relationship is actually over. This is the most, I think probably the best scene I've ever seen in a Lifetime movie. I'll just say it. It was nuanced. There were layers. Like it didn't go where I expected it to go. Your assistant told me I could find you here. Monica, uh, do you want to take a seat? No, it won't take long. I need you to stay away from Bruce. Listen, I never meant to get- Stop. I honestly don't want to hear it. I don't care how it started or who is to blame. I'm here for my family. They're the ones you're hurting. I really thought you and Bruce were over. I won't get in the way of you guys working it out. You won't contact him? I know how important this is. care about him, don't you? It doesn't matter. It's over. This episode is sponsored by Factor. Okay, here's what I love about Factor meals. They make eating better easy. They're fresh, never frozen. They take two minutes in the microwave. You get to pick what meals you're going to eat. Over 35 different recipes are available to you to choose from. Their delicious recipes are chef-crafted and nutritionist-approved. They are very filling. Like, not too much, but they're perfectly filling. I had the keto meal last week. I've been doing the keto meals, basically. And there was one day in particular that I just remember going to bed and being like, I'm actually full. Like I ate hours ago and I'm actually full. Normally I need a little snack snack. You know, I get up to the chocolate after dark, 
but I was totally full, completely satisfied, and my meal was delicious. You can also do calorie smart meals, vegan or veggie, and protein plus. There's also other stuff you can try as well. You can get as much or as little as you want and reschedule or pause at any time. Personally, I get six meals. You can go up to 18. That's what my boyfriend does. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash mothermayi50 and use code mothermayi50 to get 50% off. That's code mothermayi5050 at factormeals.com slash mothermayi50 to get 50% off. Do you know how much you have in common with some of your favorite celebrities, leaders, newsmakers? I'm Evelyn, the host of Reppin, where you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are and what they represent. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, it just, it hit every note. And it's like, I didn't think I could be surprised by one of these movies. You know, you think you just you have it all figured out and, and Oh yeah, you know, no, that was your first mistake. Yep. That was my first mistake because <laughs> this thing blew me away and took me to places that I didn't know it, it could or would. Yeah. So like, let's, let's get into it. Like the grace of Monica recognizing that Hillary is in love with Bruce is so powerful. Yeah. Like that actually like her recognizing her feelings for him was crazy. I was cuz like, I didn't know what she was doing. That. I was like what what is happening here? What it, and then she's like you're you're in love with him and I was like this is the best woman on the planet. Like yeah, exactly how you said like the grace. Yeah. It's it's next level. Yeah. And also, like, you can just tell this actress who plays Hillary just does such a good job of, like, that's exactly the shame a grown woman would feel. That's the other thing, too, is that they're peers. Like, they're basically, like, you know, they're very different types of, of women, but, like, they're – but they are peers, essentially, like, in the real world, and so they're speaking to each other like that. Yeah, and they're not and on this – A lot of times in these confrontations, you see someone confronting someone younger – Mm-hmm. And they're not on the same level in their relationship with Bruce, but they're both being, you know, totally fucked over and, and played by this guy in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. For sure. I That would have changed a lot for me, though, if I knew my husband's mistress was, like, under the impression we were getting a, a divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why it would, but I feel like it would. Well, I mean, it's like you then – you then share something of I'm I'm being lied to by by this guy. No, I know, but I mean like I for me it would make me if if I was married to if I was married to a guy who was cheating on me and I found out that he had told his mistress we were getting divorced, I would think we were in deeper shit than if he was like, "Yeah, I'm just kind of a scumbag." Oh, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'd be like, am I getting divorced? Yeah, like, I, why are you telling people that? One of us is on the way out in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's probably when you would want to, you would want to run. I would. Yeah, I that's would. for me. Yeah. So the kids are playing by the pool in Mexico and Bruce is standing around looking concerned. This is the day after, this is like the daytime after Monica. This is the day after, I guess, Monica. Yeah. yeah. No, Monica's been missing all day. She's been missing. She hasn't, night hasn't fallen okay. yet. 
And the neighbor comes up and he's like, she's like, oh, are you looking for the kids? Which is, he, they're literally like six feet from him. So I, I kind of do like that she might have been dunking on him for being fucking stupid <laughs> and like not knowing how to raise his kids. Like maybe she was calling him incompetent. I like that. I like that read. And he's like, no, I, he's like, I was looking for my wife. She went shopping and she hasn't come back. Her phone's broken. Shopping or the spa. <laughs> Her phone's broken. The neighbor's like, oh, you know, I haven't seen her, but she'll be back soon. By the way, I heard what sounded like a scream early this morning. I hope you guys are okay. And Bruce is like, oh, it's probably just Miles playing a game, right? And the neighbor has like a very tight smile. The way this actress plays this scene is chilling to yep. me. She does not trust him. No. But like, I feel like she just in like to me, I read her whole performance to mean that like Bruce gave people the willies, yeah, just the appearance of them. Well, I mean, when I look at pictures of him, it, it does. I mean, the pictures alone, I see like three different guys, and it, yeah, it, it gives me the willies. So it's late, and Bruce is just sitting on the side of the bed in this dark hotel room. And he finally picks up the phone and makes a call to an emergency room. And he says he's looking for his wife. And there's some confusion, but we find out ultimately she's not there and he hangs up and he just sits there. And I mean, this is really a, the, the depictions when they go vague like this, when they're really trying to like give as much gray area as possible, they do a lot of like the person seemingly like disassociating or, freezing and it makes them look so it it makes them look so guilty yeah but i was thinking then i'm like okay in this world of the movie this would tell me that he is not guilty because who is he making the call for just to have a record of him calling mm -hmm. yeah because so, no one else was like observing him really there and so well because like that's the i think that's the move a lot of times with these things like we literally just did a movie like last week i think where this guy it was a true story of a guy who was like heavily involved involved in insurance fraud and was essentially a serial killer and like you know it was a different time for sure but like his like he was able to basically cover his tracks by having his like co-conspirators just slowly first call the hospitals, then call the police, you know, then call his mom, yeah. then like just basically like spacing out phone calls to appear concerned. And it did feel like that, but like, cause there was no urgency behind it. And it does seem strange that anyone would wait so long to like get the cops. Like why not even just notify the front desk and saying my wife, you know, I, my wife, is in town without her phone. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those like deranged moments in, there's a few deranged moments within the movie and, you know, within kind of how the characters react to things. And that was, yeah, I mean, that's it, a normal person would have, or someone who didn't murder her would, would have uh, made a lot more calls. Like you said, even just to the front desk, like, asking more people around pretty sus the awkward thing about how they always play the demeanor though they did this in the amanda knox movie the chris watts movie the um and now this one i it's like it, they don't know how to fill the space they don't want to accuse the character of like acting a certain way 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't want to have him like drinking alone in the hotel room while his kids sleep. So it just looks like the guy just like stared at the wall. Yeah, it's just neutral. Night. And and that is that is <laughs> more off-putting than anything. So we cut to Bruce on the set of the show that he's working on. And his buddy from work is basically like, dude, you know, you're getting really sloppy about this. And um, he, he wants to go catch Hillary before she pulls away. And Hillary's basically like, don't talk to me, Bruce. Like, <laughs> Monica made it very clear she didn't want us talking. And he's like, you fucking talk to Monica? And then we go straight to the restaurant where Bruce is going to come in and you know, they're going to have a fight. Basically, he's going to confront her and be like, how dare you go and talk to Hillary? I told you that it was over between us. You should believe me. You had no right to do that. And Monica realizes that you're not, she's like, you're not upset that I talked to Hillary. You're upset because Hillary cut you off. Yeah. So smart. Yep. Do you know how how many years that would take me to conclude? Oh. Like if I was being actively manipulated? Same. I mean, that's another time when the movie just totally surprised me. And it has like, I, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not ahead of this like lifetime logic. Like they got me. Yeah. No, Monica is, Monica is very wise. Yep. She's very wise. So she goes, go be with your whore. And Bruce like flips a fucking chair and he's like, don't you dare call her that. All right. I'm out of there at that point. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was he really he like showed his true colors in a way that I'm like, okay, I'm actually you're not even that good of a manipulator because this is just too, too many cards on the table of your just deranged way of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very, um, it's, it's, he gives her in one of those other looks at the end of the, at the end of the scene where it's like, yeah, like keep talking to me like that. You'll see, you'll see. Like, it's very, it's very murdery. And listen, I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I don't think, I think it is very common for a lot of people. There are certainly people who do not feel this way, but I hear this sentiment more and more that men are terrified of being divorced and not having access to their kids, losing their home. And I mean, the amount of money (laughs) that I feel like people make it seem like they can take from you sounds like it's unlawful to the point that it cannot possibly be that much. But I just, yeah, it's like men are terrified of divorce yeah. and he is. I'm te- yeah. I'm terrified. I, and yeah. I'm in a wonderful relationship and we, we talk about it all the time of, of like, I just on, on our best days, I'm like, please never leave me. Never walk out. Like you, you could basically do, I'll tell Shannon all the time. She can do anything and I would never want to get a divorce. And we decide we came to the the agreement that like the line is that like if she is like cheats on me four times, like if she's hitting me, every, <laughs> if she's hitting me every day, and if she steals my stuff like every day, that's like when I would want to start talking about it. But like it would have to be like every day for like years. No, I'm terrified. Jason, no, I love I 
That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. I I also meant like, because you're such, you're very, that you don't want to get divorced for the very sweet reason of you jo- so genuinely love and live for your wife. But I'm saying like, I feel like guys like this don't want to get divorced because it's going to cost them a lot of fun. Oh, money. yeah, 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 yeah. That too. No, totally that too. Like this is about asset loss prevention. Yep. So- we're going to cut to him talking to the police about Monica's disappearance, 3306 to 35. Monica wouldn't just run off. I mean, we have children. She's a devoted mom. I understand, but these are questions we have to ask. You're wasting time. Have you put out an all points bulletin? Do you even have that down here? We do. We know how to do our jobs. The authorities in Gangwon take any issues with visitors very seriously. I assure you, they'll find your wave. She went shopping. Maybe you can track her credit cards, find out where she went. Does your wife know anyone else in the city? Anyone she would have contacted? No, we don't know anyone here. We just booked this trip spur of the moment. My kids, I, you know, I, I should be with them. I apologize if this feels personal, but... Did you and your wife have a disagreement of any kind? Is it possible that she's staying away because she's angry or, or upset? We came here because it's her birthday. We were having a wonderful time. Something happened to her, and I don't understand why we're sitting here. You're asking these stupid questions, wasting time, when she's out there and could be in trouble. Uh, perhaps you could finish your questions after Senor Beresford Redmond spends a few moments with his children. Uh, of course. They are by our pool. Find my wife. Please. What kind of mother leaves her children alone all day and night and doesn't even take her cell phone? Let's talk to the staff and guess. Find out more about the family. Be discreet. So... There is, it was said in um, one of the news clips I watched that I think that she, he, I don't know if she broke her cell phone or if she left it behind in the room. Well, they, okay. Cause they had the broken, they showed her break the cell phone in the movie later. Yeah. 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 That's like a huge point. But even here, they just said, the cop said, why would she leave her cell phone? Yeah. Which is not interesting. But listen, like. This scene makes me believe that, uh, you know, normally when they have someone who's supposed to be slightly more guilty, like he played this very well. The way he played this was not at all like he had anything to hide. He didn't feel at all like he thought he could be arrested. Like the fact that he didn't even think he could be considered in this scene made me think that because I mean, if if my significant other went missing, my first thought would be like, oh, uh, they're going to say I did it. Yeah, 100%. You you then just start really, really nailing down like your detailed alibi and everyone who has seen you. Mm-hmm. I would just be getting, 100%. getting, you know, people's statements, myself. That's why, I, you know, I love about me. I love that I have a heavy digital footprint. Yes. Okay, you're going to find me. So... 
Yeah, the cops talk to the next door neighbors at the resort and they basically, you know, tell them what they heard. Elena is getting, she's driving when she gets a call from Chris and Elena's like, okay, she's doing a little bit too much steering wheel acting, I will say, especially for Los Angeles. Like, it's not like all that. You know what I mean? No, you're, you're slightly moving it. She's probably not even on the highway. Yeah. So she's like, you know, did you call the cops? What's going on? And she's like, you know, I don't feel like you're not handling this right. I mean, I'm going to get on a flight. Okay. This feels like strange to me. And he's like, don't worry about it. And she's like, no, I'm going now. Which like, if I was Bruce, I'd be like, yes, please come so that the kids I like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, there were a few moments. There's a moment coming up where I'm just like, this guy is not thinking about his kids at all. Probably doesn't even like his kids. Well, what about this scene when he like takes them to he takes like, no, sorry, the kids are in the hotel room, I think. But Bruce is like walking around the markets. Oh, yeah. Who is with missing posters? And then like an absolute psycho for some reason just like kills time on a bench holding a stack of them while all these people walk by. I'm like, dude, stand up and hand those out. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, doing the bare minimum. It's yeah. I mean, as we're talking, I'm like, obviously he he murdered her. But watching the movie, you're like, I don't know. I'm trying to listen to Lifetime and I don't know where Lifetime falls on this. So the security guard at the gate never saw there was no comings or goings from this party yesterday. He wants like a list of the employees and he wants them all checked out. And the junior cop who works there, you know, he thinks that's pointless. You know, it's got to be the husband. His story makes no sense. And this hotel vets everyone they hire. The younger cops thing is like the way they're playing this is 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 a little interesting because we have this younger, very eager cop who also has the older cop attitude of like, I don't care if we get the right guy or not. Let's just arrest him. But he's also very, like, eager to have him arrested. Yeah. And then the older cop is just as much of a, you know, at the end of the day, the evidence is the evidence. Like, I think we can all agree that it's best to put this guy in jail no matter who did it. Even though he plays this sort of, like, elder statesman, like, wise, like, give it time. Yeah, I mean, it's someone was murdered here. Like, sorry to be inconvenienced. Like, you need to take some time to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So Bruce meets up with his friend. Is I, Was this scene filmed at Three of Clubs? So I, I was like, what is this bar? And it, yeah, I was like, is this just like a, could be Three of Clubs? Thought it was maybe just a room where they set up a bar. I, I couldn't quite tell. Nondescript. It did seem like they they actually filmed this in Los Angeles, so. Okay. Did you feel that? No, I didn't. I, I felt like it was very nondescript. But then again, I, you know, I thought these were like sound little sound stages, maybe. Yeah, like I felt like maybe like the valley or something. Yeah, I don't that know. Makes sense. I mean, it felt like, so, yeah, it felt like Van Nuys. Let's just call it Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. So here's this little clip. I just want everyone to hear the way that his coworker kind of keeps it real with him. Thirty nine eleven to forty twenty one. You did this to yourself, Bruce. So don't come looking for sympathy. I'm not. It sounds like it. Here you go. Here you go. She drained our bank accounts. Monica's a strong-willed woman. That's why you love her. She's going too far. 
She even told the kids' school I can't pick them up anymore. Sounds like she wants a divorce. I know I made a mistake, but... You know, this hasn't been easy for me either. You want me to tell you it's okay to have feelings for Hillary? It's not. I know. Why don't you just go be with him? Leave Monica. Just go. It's not that easy. I mean, I, I still love Monica. I can't listen do to that you. To our family. No, no, man, you can't have it both ways. You need to grow up. Make a decision, one way or the other. So there's like a few things that I think are significant about this. One, he's got this like sort of anti-stereotypical Hollywood Hollywood guy that he works with. This is like a a good solid guy that like works in. He's a producer, you know. Head on his um, shoulders. So the details we got out of this scene are that Monica has drained the bank and she's not letting him get the kids at school anymore, which is like really significant, mm -hmm. actually. Um, that is a, that is more motive than I think that that's pretty that's pretty damning motive. I yeah, I mean, the money for sure. And the kids, it's just like a pride control thing. I feel like I, I, I'm not sold that this guy loves his kids, but like. Someone saying you can't do something or taking something away from him is like the biggest front you, you could do. Yeah. And also, like, realistically, like a judge is never going to give full custody to a parent unless there's it's always in the best interest of the children to, like, split custody as much as possible. Yeah. So unless he's like failing drug tests or something, which wouldn't surprise me, by the way, that was one detail that popped up in the news clip as well. I don't know if this is just a. I don't know if we do this to people who are arrested in the States, but like this guy was uh, drug tested. Wait, was he coked up? No, but the cops drug tested, mm. tested him like right after, right after Monica disappeared, I think. Interesting. Nothing turned up? No, I guess not. No, I mean, mm. I don't know, but I was wondering if like. That's I don't know. Do they just run piss tests on people I think like that? They would I don't know. If you're yeah, I mean, if you're arrested, I I don't know. I I would assume so. Yeah, I don't know. So she and also the other thing is that her, his own friend is like, why don't you just go be with Hillary? Because that which is a guy way of saying leave Monica alone. Yeah, she's better than this. You've been enough. So Monica. Monica does let Bruce into the house to see the kids. And, you know, he says he'll go to therapy, hasn't spoken to Hillary. You know, Monica gets soft when she sees him start to cry about how much he misses the family. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I, I jeopardized the most important thing in my life. And, you know, once therapy like changes me enough so that I'm, I'm in a good place, you know, Maybe you'll let me back in the house. So Bruce plays with the kids in the hotel room in Mexico. And the daughter asks if mom's going to be home today because it's her birthday. And she made her a card. And he's like, of course she will be. I don't know if that's the parenting moment that you picked up on, but I picked up on that. I was like, why would you tell a child her mom will be So, home? yeah, it's a little later. It's like right after this is this moment that I picked up on that I'm just like, geez. Yeah. So we hear some uh, heels clicking in the hallway, and then there's a loud bang in the door. It's Elena. 
It's quite the entrance. And she, you know, she's like, what's going on? Have you heard anything? He's like, no, I haven't. And, and Elena's like, this is not moving fast enough. Like you're being very chill. Monica would never leave her kids overnight. What do you know that you're not telling me? And she wants like a one-on-one. She has them shut the door and she's like, Monica hated spas. This is just one of your lies. And Bruce is like, keep it down. You know, the kids are out there. And Elena's like, she's on one. She's heard enough. And then a woman in a suit and a maid, interrupt their yelling and they're like Bruce you need to come with us yep so this and- is the moment without even going back in to give his kids like a heads up that hey this this woman you've never met is going to be watching over you he just walks away right for sure it's for sure horrible behavior for sure also Elena wasn't necessarily invited oh yeah they could have stayed with she should have stayed with them. exactly, and I mean this whole. I'll I'll let you get to it, but like this whole thing was so weird because they like bring him over, but then they like hold him back. It's like it, it was very strange why they brought him to this crime, right? And it was. I mean, like, listen, if they brought him there for a performance, I believed that he seemed very surprised. Yes, it didn't seem fake, and he, his language was consistent throughout. Which is another thing that usually gives someone away. But maybe um, it's like part of it is being caught because I've I've watched I would go down YouTube rabbit holes some days where I would just be watching like confessions and basically like oh, yeah. you know YouTubers who are body language experts, not really, but claiming they are. And you know, you're looking at confessions, you're looking at like the moment someone knows they're caught. And I, I don't remember any of the details, but I remember this like deranged guy who had murdered his roommate or, or he had murdered his neighbor and he did a a news interview of like talking about her when the news crew was there. And they basically gave him a detail of that, you know, the cops were look I forget exactly what it was. They gave him a detail you realize in the moment he's realizing he's going to be caught and it's just like startling. Oh, is it the the dumpster? Yes. It's the guy where they're like, he's like standing around, like pretending to be concerned. They're like, well, they did just find the body in the dumpster. Yes. It's that. It's like that awful guy who, you know, was like stalking his neighbor and then killed her. Yeah. And so I wonder if it was one of those moments where, you know, he's seeing them find the body and like what we're seeing is like the pure horror that like he may be, you know, caught. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so we get this little introduction of Bruce having clocked the waiter and he's like Elena finds him poolside and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, see that waiter? That guy was being weird and he was talking to Monica. It was very weird. And Elena's like, uh, uh, anyway, we have to figure out something to do with the kids. I think they should go back to the States. I'm going to, I can take them home and they can stay with me. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I already made arrangements for them to stay with my parents. And the way he says that is like, were you ever going to tell her that? Yeah. It, like, what what did he think was going to happen? That's what I'm. I would love to know. Like, what, if he killed her, like, how did he think these next couple days, couple weeks, whatever would would play out. I don't think that he expected it to get – I don't think he went there with the intent to kill her. I think it was like a crime of passion. Yeah. 
and that he was very frustrated. And frankly, like they had just come from a a dinner and like, you know, he could, he may have been drinking over dinner and like, she's, you know, packing up her bags at 5 a.m. saying I'm, I'm fucking out of here. If that's, if that's what happened, then I also see a reality. I also see a reality in which like, you know, I'm sure phone records would have been tapped into, but like maybe he was like out of the room, like sexting your, maybe she took off or whatever. And then like she got attacked by that waiter or maybe like he was, you know, sexting Hillary or something. Yeah. And he didn't want to admit that. I mean, the fact that, that the main thing is like, you're a cheater. You obviously did this. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of iconic. And even if he didn't, we don't really feel that bad for him. Like you said earlier. Yeah. Um, he did six years in jail. I feel like that's fair. Yep. For ruining your family. So Elena tells Bruce that Monica loved him. He's like, I loved her too. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to move forward. So investigators are looking for evidence in the hotel room and they find some blood in the bathroom. There's also some on the bed pillow and the railing, but they don't know whose it is. And they're rushing the lab tests, you know, but they're, they don't know when they're going to find out. They do make it seem like a very archaic system. This feels almost like they're making it seem like, you know, Amanda Knox, where they're like getting DNA from rye bread. Yeah. Which I think is, again, sort of like just like sort of making them seem like just a, like a bad legal system, bad cops. I forget which... where I if this was in the movie or outside the movie in my research, but didn't they find blood that was not hers? Yeah, it wasn't. The autopsy came back. This is awful. Her body was so badly decayed because she was found in sewage. That it was difficult to tell exactly what happened, but there was a huge cut on her head. But the most likely case is that it was some sort of asphyxia. So the younger cop is like, okay, well, we've got the evidence. Let's go. And the older dude's like, I would love to put him in jail, but we've got a lot of reporters watching us. And basically their dilemma is this. If they arrest a wrong man and, you know, if they wrongfully arrest the wrong wrong guy, they're going to be screaming about corruption in Cancun. Yeah, it's all about tourism. Exactly, exactly. But if they, you know, if they don't, then the reputation is going to be that, like, things are just running wild down there. Um, So the older dude's like, okay, we need some more proof, maybe some sort of record or indication that there was financial trouble or something. But right now they don't have that. So Bruce is waiting in an office uh, when a schlubby dude, like literally eating a piece of pizza. It was so, it's straight comedy. This guy, this lawyer that he's given is, he's a cartoon of a man. Um, I, I, I like this actor. I've seen him before and I'm like, oh, this guy's in it. Okay. He's a great actor, a really good character actor. Do you think they wrote, there was times when I noticed that the captions had him like speaking like slightly improper English. Yeah. I mean, that was the other thing where I was like, I mean, this is just kind of embarrassing that all of the, like, obviously I know that they're not going to have them speak Spanish, but like everyone in Mexico is speaking English, but they're like doing it kind of like poorly so it's just like a yeah it's it it was tough to watch 
I wondered if that was like written in or if that was just because some of it was just so like him not like um, if it was supposed to be wants, they'd say like want. Yeah. Times be that way in the captions, which is like, you know, you're not supposed to write in a script like that. So I was like, I wonder what I wonder what that was. I mean, also, like, I sincerely doubt like a, a like the DA in Cancun speaks with like speaks some semi-decent English I'm sure they speak English very well exactly if that was a writer's choice like shame on you if it was an actor's choice okay I guess you know do your thing Uh, I did think it was terrible that you know I think it was in this scene where you know he he says to his lawyer like I'm gonna be locked in jail in a third world country and it's like, dude, you're you're talking to a citizen of that country. I know. I know that really bothered me. Yeah. That really bothered me. And also, like, it's just, like, insulting generally. Yeah, extremely like, insulting. Right. Okay. So, yeah, let's play this scene where he gets to meet his lawyer. It's, it's yeah, I, I kind of like it when they choose a, a goofy character to be, like, probably the most important character. He needs a good lawyer. Yep. And he got it. This dude. Mr. Burris for Redman? Yeah. Uh, I am Raul Fuentes. I was referred to you by the consulate. You're a lawyer? See, si. um, I am sorry for your loss. Um, the lead investigator and the representative of the hand here. Yeah. Uh, their district attorney, they're on their way. Just answer the questions as simple and truthfully as you can. Well, I don't think they're even looking for the real killer. They, they decided I did this before they even started their investigation. Well, let's see what kind of evidence they have against you. Well, they don't have anything because I didn't do it. <laughs> you're in Mexico. Here, our justice system is a little bit different. Here, you're guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. So just sit down and uh, let's start from the beginning. Come on. All right. Yeah, I mean, is that true? I mean, are you guilty until proven innocent? Like, I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, I'm not familiar with their laws, but I will say that one thing that it makes me think of is how... Remember when Kim K got robbed in Paris? Yes. And she called Kendall's bodyguard because she didn't know how to call 911 in... Paris. I always think about that. Like, I know I would never be so stupid as to take my uh, packs that I travel with everywhere, my weed vape that I throw in my makeup bag when I go 90% of the places in the world. But I would never bring that to Japan because everyone knows not to do that, right? Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I am not familiar with the laws, the justice system of any country I ever travel to. I don't know how to call 911 there. Like, I, Yeah, no, it's true. I, I mean, I'm going to be in Mexico in October and I'm going to I'm going to find out who I would call in any scary situation. You should. Are you are you doing a baby moon? Um, we're going to a wedding. So We'll see if it's still on, but yeah, wedding in Cabo. Probably doubling it. You should go whether the wedding is on or not. Yeah. 
just enjoy it. You booked the tickets. I'm back. Have your time. I'm back. You're back. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you're about to be so busy mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I will say that like it did make me appreciate briefly just of course as as like a you know unfortunately like I am white so that occurred to me immediately after but I was like I like that about our justice system. Like <laughs> I'm I'm thankful that that exists. Although it is sort of crazy that all you have to do if you murder someone to get off is just can <laughs> just make them slightly doubt whether or not you did it. <laughs> Yeah. Slight doubt. Any slight doubt and you're out. So we cut back to Bruce in LA and he's working late in his office and he can't help. But, you know, when he's scrolling through his pics, check out a pic of Hillary that was taken on set. And he's clearly thinking about calling her. And he decides not to when he hears that Monica and the kids are having fun in the next room. So this is where they decide that they're going to go to Cancun. It's Monica's choice. She's turning 40. You know, and um, it's a cute moment with the kids. She's, you know, it's a moment of hope for them. Monica, you know, goes to work and she makes sure that, you know, that Gretchen knows how to run the restaurant for her essentially while she's gone. You can tell that like Monica, Monica very much pulls her weight in this marriage. Oh, That's yeah. the other thing. Like it could never be argued that she was some sort of like trophy wife that wanted to just like take his money or anything like that. Like she was very much. She's got a she was, she was cool restaurant. Yeah. She's got a cool restaurant yeah. where you can dance. Like how many mm -hmm. restaurants do you go to where like there's also dancing? That's like such a not LA thing, at least the restaurants I go to. So I love it. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So Monica, you know, she's like not sure if the trip is a good idea or not, but she wants to try and make it work for the sake of the marriage. And this is where like her attitude at the very beginning starts to make some sense, especially if they had a long travel day. You know, oh, she's totally. kind of sick of him. So we cut to Bruce getting questioned by the police again, and he's defending himself, basically saying, like, I told you what happened already. Like we, and then he starts to explain. We see that they went on this hike, and he asked to take a picture of them with the view. Monica gave him her phone to use, and while Bruce was trying to get the shot right, he was slowly stepping back, but he stepped back too far and tripped over a rock. That was so weird. Left it was such a strange, strange fall. He just looked, yeah, he looked dumb and clumsy and not natural. It, it was very interesting because, like, I could see him making this up yep. and it being perfect. And I don't know why, you know, they are very young kids, but these kids are old enough that they could confirm whether or not their dad tripped over a rock and their mom had to bandage Yeah, them. did they ask the kids any questions? I don't know. The IMDb, or the IMDb is very dry. The Wikipedia for this guy is very dry. Yeah. Um, there's really not a lot of information. It's I, I feel like, you know, because one thing about this case taking place out of the country is like, I do think he probably didn't spend as much money as he would have if this had happened to him in America. Yep. And I really feel like he probably did like heavy reputation defender stuff because a lot of the clips that I could find of him were truly like, like ABC, NBC news clips that were like 30 seconds long and were on the network's YouTube channels. Yeah. Like there's, 
I was not, I really feel like this guy got out of jail and paid a lot of money to clean up his rap. I was, I was kind of shocked at, yeah, how little I could find just in the, in the Googling in, in just like a, a kind of deep search at 7am. The great thing about like, like the whole reputation defender culture thing is you can immediately tell when you Google someone who uses it or not. (laughs) And then you're like, what are you trying to hide? Like if you just Google like a very famous person and there's none of the extra stuff comes up. Okay. Yeah. It's all positive. Sometimes it's like it like you can see people have gone very far to bury a story. Sometimes it's very hard to find a story. Like it's all the posts have been blasted off of Reddit or they are very hidden. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a good business. Yeah, there's Yeah, for sure. For sure. So he tripped. That's the story. And he explains about the waiter at the pool. We see this POV from Bruce's side. He's like very focused on the waiter. And the waiter like looks at him and he seems surprised when he realizes that Bruce is is clocking this. But he kind of smiles and nods before moving on. And then he kind of shoots a look back like, I'm going to kill your wife later. (laughs) Yeah, they they do make him look really ominous in the back half of the film. Yeah, he's like, you you don't even know what's coming, you son of a bitch. So Bruce is still in the police station and he's told to sit down as he watches lawyer fight. Oh, so this is the trial now. Yep. Well, it okay, was like so this- if we I was kind of confused because it's like a pre-trial with a judge to see they're seeing, yeah, they're seeing if the they trial. have enough. Yeah, they're seeing if if there's enough to like and the way they depict this is so strange. Yeah, it's just like a hit job on the Mexican legal system again. It, the whole thing. So the lawyer comes out. The lawyer's basically like, I can't do anything. All right. They think that you have motive and you had opportunity. And the female detective, who I think might also be the DA, I don't know. She kind of just shuffles in and out. Yeah, but then like we see her later on. She says that she is going to need him to stay in Mexico, in Mexico, Mexico until the investigation is concluded and she needs him to surrender his passport. So she holds out her hand for him to give it to her. Like, and no at way, that point I'm, I'm like, passport. that is, it's so shady. The yeah. way she just holds her hand out. I'm like, dude, I feel like they, they would have you sit down at a desk and fill out paperwork. You don't just loosey goosey. Exactly. That you're not just like a, yeah, a child just like handing something over because you got in trouble. Yeah. And, and it made it, it, it just was, um, that's like one of the things that made them also seem unprofessional. And you were like, you can imagine that your average American is very sussed out watching an American volunteer's passport to the police. Cause like two people said, yeah, you have to do that. Yep. Cause like, let's, I mean, let's be real. Like the street cops in Mexico are really corrupt and fucked up. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. So reality is absolutely set in for him. We see that there's a memorial for Monica outside of her restaurant mm-hmm. and was Gretchen and, Gretchen and the other waitress are just like devastated. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, she was she was really the lifeblood of um, Sasumba, or I forget what the restaurant was called, but like something yeah, Sasumba. Like, 
what was going to happen to a restaurant. By the way, one thing I loved about the YouTube clips is like, it seemed like the collection of people Monica had around her because they'd cut to like neighbors that had something to say. Like one neighbor who, when he got out, one neighbor was like, I don't know. They used to execute people for stuff like that when I was growing up. But now I guess, you know, and, and I love, I was like, Ooh, that's so cold. Yep. Can you imagine like actively living next to someone who's telling the news you should have been executed? Like, how do you move on from your life? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, just all of her friends were so, and I I really was like, wow, Monica was, I mean, that's like a real person who lives in this area of California. Like you truly are like, you're not in the industry. You're just, you just have real you just talk to real people. Yeah, I mean, what it reminded me of a little bit, which which I love is, and this is just an aside, but like I now live in a neighborhood where, you know, people have those signs that say like no McMansions and there's like a McMansion right next to that house who has the sign. And I'm always like, how does that neighbor like deal with the neighbor that is actively like, I hate you and I want you gone? What neighborhood are you in now? Uh, Sherman Oaks. Oh, I love Sherman Oaks. Yeah. I love Sherman Oaks. Yeah, no, there's a real McMansion issue. Yeah, they're having problems with it. But neighbors don't don't care to just let other neighbors know, like, don't want you here. Yeah, So that's true. like a little version of this, I guess. So, yeah, Gretchen goes up to the office to get some work done. And she gets curious and decides to go through Monica's emails. And she finds a correspondence between Monica and Hillary. I don't know when this happened. I'm guessing this was after Monica can, I don't know. But it seems like Monica emailed her first introducing herself, saying, like, this is Bruce's wife. And the email ended her with, with her saying, Bruce is manipulative and a liar. And Hillary's writing back just saying, like, I'm so sorry. I never wanted this. So she thinks about that fight that they had that day that she witnessed and how he yelled at her about confronting Hillary. So she she's, realizes, I have to call Elena. We got to get these emails to Mexico. Yeah, they really so the go out of their way to make us feel like Hillary did not do anything wrong. Like, yeah, I am. I came away like so sad about Monica, but also like, thank God Hillary's okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm devastated for Hillary in a way. Like, I do feel like she's a bit of a not like an Amber Frey because like Amber Frey truly did not know Scott Peterson was married, but it it was like a. It was just like a thing where I was like, girl, like you thought you were just like hooking up with this guy you were really attracted to. It's, you know, it sucked that he was married, but, you know, like it's she had no idea that no one asked to be involved in a murder. No, no. Anyway, she must live with a lot of pain. I feel bad. District attorney's office is in possession of the emails now. And the younger cop is like, you know, he's frothing. He's so excited. He has the evidence. So Monica's threatened basically to divorce him and take all of his money. And that's enough proof for them. He admitted that they had problems. This is exactly what they needed. Go get the American, the DA says. So Bruce, meanwhile, is walking on the longest road to nowhere, it seems. Like Um, it worked. You know, I don't know who has picked up a hitchhiker in any country in the last, you know, 30, 40 years, but worked out for him, I guess. It seems especially huge as a gamble to take offer to take someone over the border. Yeah, exactly. He's going over the border. He's like, yep. okay, cool. 
So uh, they get to the border and Bruce tells the guard, yeah, I have my driver's license, which is all you used to need, by the way. I think now you need a passport, but it used to be that you just needed a license to get over the border. Okay, interesting. And he welcomes him back to the U.S. Bruce is in Los Angeles. It's April 15th, 2010. He watches his lawyer explain on the news that he was never ordered to stay in the country. He cooperated with law enforcement and went back to America to be with his family. They did say that we want you to stay in Mexico throughout the rest of the investigation. Yeah. I mean, we all heard it. Yeah. So they believe the judge will realize that Bruce is a good father and husband is innocent on all of these charges. So Bruce tucks his daughter in and it's kind of a bleak conversation about how she, you know, still misses mommy and but she'll always be in their hearts. This daughter has seems to have no anger towards him. No, no. I mean, that that's what was so weird is like, do the kids know that he is the prime suspect? I mean, I feel like any kid would just build up some healthy resentment. Yeah, yeah. Or whether they knew or not, like. It's just at that age, like you just all you know is to blame the other parent. (laughs) I think. But yeah, so Bruce is in his office and it's been a while. He's starting to get horny. Okay, he's back in the States and he decides to hit up Hillary. But she goes it goes straight to voicemail. It's a classic. Uh, He got Hillary rolled. Yeah. She goes, hi. And he starts talking and uh, it's a voicemail. Yeah. Seven happened. Later. Love it in, you know, love it in movies, love it in TV. Never happened in real life. You know the difference. No, I mean, the only time it, it ever happened to me was when we switched over to cellular and it used to really go to the voicemail really clean. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it, someone would be like, hi. And then they'd wait like 15 seconds. And then I would never call that person again because <laughs> it made me so mad. But yeah, so the friend, you know, he goes to meet up with his friend and he's like, I need work, man. And his friend's like, um, dude, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, you're not really someone I could recommend at this point. And, and Bruce lashes out on him a little bit. I mean, listen, I'm surprised he doesn't know. Like, that's what makes me feel like he's guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, why do you feel entitled to be on a set right now? Totally. Yeah. I mean, if you're not guilty, you're like, well, I probably have to find a different career because people obviously think I did it and that sucks. And, you know, more importantly, like my wife is dead. So that sucks. So I'm going to start a new life. I know people in this industry. I've worked in this industry long enough to know that like I'm a liability. So it's really important that I prove my innocence if I want to get back on set. Yep. (laughs) I don't know. So Los Angeles City Hall, February 8th, 2012. Bruce is sitting in the hallways of the court when his lawyer enters. This one's a lot better. 109.47 to 112.10. This is when they're going to decide if he has to go back to Mexico. Judge is on our way now. We've only got a few minutes. We're going to win this, right? Bruce, I told you this is going to be an uphill battle. In an extradition hearing, all they need to show is that Mexico has enough of a case to put you on trial. There's no real evidence. All they have are reports of noise from my room and some scratches on my arms. It's all circumstantial. We are going to use that to make our case. We may have had a bit of a break. We discovered that three weeks after Monica was murdered, there was another attack at the resort. Someone was killed? No, it was an attempted rape. 
A waiter at the hotel attacked a young American woman who was staying at the resort with a wedding party. A waiter? Like the one I told you about, the one that was staring at mine. Possibly. The woman says he brought her room service, wouldn't leave, threw her on the bed, jumped on top of her, a friend of hers walked in, and the guy bolted. Well, did they find this guy? I can tell you if it's the same person. No, 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 no. No, we don't have an ID yet. The resort says they fired him, but we don't have a name. Well, they need to find him. I mean, maybe he's the one that really killed Monica. We are doing everything we can. This helps us, though, right? I mean, he... I'll be right there. He attacked a female guest, just like what happened with Monica. Bruce, you had an affair. You lied to your wife. You fought about kids and money. They may not have much physical evidence, but they may not need it to make their case. We will present our side and hope for the best. Former Survivor producer Bruce Beresford-Redman has been extradited to Mexico to stand trial for aggravated murder in the April 2010 death of his wife, his attorney confirmed Wednesday. He is accused of killing his wife, Monica Beresford-Redman, while on a family vacation in Cancun, Mexico. If convicted, the Emmy-nominated producer and co-creator of Pimp My Ride could be sentenced to up between 12 and 30 years in prison. My client, Bruce Beresford Redman, has continually insisted that he is not guilty of the accusations charged by the Mexican authorities. It is his hope that the court and the Mexican government will ensure that he gets a fair trial in which he is confident he will be proven innocent. That's all I have for you right now. Thank you very much. I'll Andrew. be in contact with your attorney in Cancun. My children. Can I see no, my I, children? I, I don't know. I'll try. You need to get me out of there. I will, I will try. I'm innocent. I didn't do this. That is my biggest fear. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. The Just the... Just being locked away and, you know... Uh, in not in another country yeah i mean not speaking the language yeah. is very that's very scary that's overwhelming yeah I mean, um, yeah whenever i think about like the scariest thing that could happen to me that's like supernatural it's always like ghosts that don't speak english <laughs> what do they speak just any other language that i don't understand like a ghost that you don't understand is so terrifying so in the real world i can only imagine like being in trouble somewhere where you don't speak the language is is horrifying oh for sure yeah for sure for sure so again this is where i wrote in my notes this movie is a fantasy if for a scorned woman this is exactly the kind of thing like when you've just found out you were betrayed i've had so many girlfriends say to me things like I hope he's framed for murder. I hope he winds up in some disgusting prison cell in an overpopulated prison where he doesn't speak the language and he never, I like, I really feel like I have heard people say this exact thing. And wow, look at, I mean, look at him. Totally. Um, and that's why it's like, I, I completely agree with you to, and so it like is a little baffling to me though that, Sometimes it feels like this movie has like sympathy for him or is like, maybe he didn't do it. I mean, I think that I buy into the fact that he didn't do this only because I have not, I I didn't know about this case before I saw the movie. But then when I look through the reactions of people 
to like on some of the clips of him getting out, like some of the small details of this case that they know that I don't, that they're like, there's no way that he isn't guilty. You know, this thing, that thing, this thing. So, I mean, I really have to go and find more, but I I mean, I think maybe the only reason why I'm super giving him this benefit of the doubt is because, you know, one, Maybe like me, maybe there is a little bit of a bias thinking about the American justice system in in relation to the trial that they showed, you know? Yeah. I mean, and maybe, yeah, maybe their system works, works great. And, you know, he he didn't seem to get a long enough sentence. But other than that, like, maybe like we, we have seen all we need to see. Yeah, I don't think we're really in a place to critique. That's like another thing, right? So the prisoners like clap. In, in Benito Juarez Prison, Cancun, February 13th, day before Valentine's Day, romantic, 2012, they clap when they see him coming down the hall and they put him in a cell. He said in the little YouTube thing that I watched that he lives in a three-man cell with 10 guys. Hor- horrifying. And they make the very interesting editorial choice of, of him right away, as soon as he gets in there, hearing... I think the next time we get a, I think the next time we need to get a place with two bedrooms, (laughs) exactly what he said to Monica. So we cut to them, you know, that scene of, of him kissing her on the neck in the bathroom and saying, you know, he's so glad that they're on this vacation. She tells him to go ahead and get in the shower. At that point, Monica comes into the bedroom and sees Hillary's text exactly the way she did in the movie earlier and then she decides to leave the hotel room and make a phone call so she calls Gretchen let's play the scene this is huge like this call had to have happened right yeah because Gretchen had to have confirmed that this happened if this happened this changes everything this is all we need yeah I mean it's like the linchpin yeah, so uh, 114.23 to 117.33. Smoopa, this is Gretchen. I need your help. What's wrong? He's in touch with her again. That woman, the casting director. Are you sure? I just saw it. Well, we're here on this stupid vacation that was supposed to be about fixing our marriage. That prick. I can't believe I let him talk me into this. I can't believe I trusted him again. What are you going to do? What I should have done months ago. No more fighting. No more listening to him beg for another chance. This time, I am done. Will you do something for me? Sure, anything. Can you change the locks on the house? Uh, yes. Of course, sure. All of them. I don't want him sitting foot in that house. Are you going to come home early? It's Monica. You are amazing at a lot of things, but hiding your feelings is not one of them. How are you going to stay in the same room as Bruce after this? Figure it out. Will you take care of the locks? Sure. I've got it. Thank you. When I get home, this marriage is over. The housekeeper testified that she asked the accused if she could clean his room, and he said no. In fact, housekeeping was denied access that entire day. Was that the day that the uh, victim was missing? That's right. But in cross-examination, the housekeeper also admitted that she saw Mr. Beresford Redman and his kids go in and out of the room several times that day and that nothing seemed out of the ordinary. One moment. 
Sorry, we started without you. What is this? I have to stay in here? Uh, don't worry, this is normal. This is how we do things here. What's happening? Uh, just keep in mind that this is just a hearing to see if the prosecution has enough to go to trial. And so far, the physical evidence is very weak. The blood found in the room is no match to either you or your wife. Well, obviously. Even better is the fact that the medical examiner states that the approximate time of death was 11.30 p.m. That's almost a whole day after they said it initially happened. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not enough to shake the prosecution's theory. They insist that the body was too decomposed to get an accurate time of death. That's crazy. They can just ignore whatever findings they don't like. Our biggest problem right now is the key card and the fact that you did not contact hotel management earlier. I don't know what else to tell you. At that point, I was worried, but I wasn't concerned. I went in and out of the room so many times because I couldn't leave the kids alone. But the judge is a little bit skeptical of that yeah, explanation. That's the truth. Yeah, that's exactly what I'll tell him. In America, this case would have been dismissed by now. But you're not in America. The prosecution will provide evidence on your affair and your troubled marriage. See, that might be enough for this judge to send this case to trial. How long can that take? One, two, maybe three years. Hey, this is Mexico. Justice move really slow. All right. There's a lot of evidence. Just, it is piling up. It is. I, I will say that, like, I don't know. It's just something about him not the way he reacted that night. It doesn't sit well with me. and makes me feel... Like he was, I don't know, fooling or like using that time to like fool around with someone or like, or if he wasn't like hiding a body. I mean, listen, here's my thing. I cannot, I don't understand. If, if you went to Mexico with your wife and she said, hey, and you guys maybe were in like sort of a fight. And so you could like understand why she'd want to go into town and like, you know, kind of do her own thing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. If she didn't come back that night, like at what point would you be nervous? I mean, I we were we were moving two weeks ago and I was at the old place and she was at the new place and I didn't hear from her for 35 minutes and <laughs> I called the movers. And so, I mean... And you'd probably be worried before she left the hotel yeah. because she was mad at you. There wouldn't, we wouldn't be leaving each other's side outside the U.S. But yeah, I mean, it I, right away. I would be, I would, I would be worried right away. Yeah, and I mean, listen, she like it. It is also a thing where he met her in Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, when he was there and they got married there and he moved her to America and like, you know, that also like that happens a lot and it's fine. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Like, it's great that she was able to thrive, but sometimes I do feel like some, it, there's like a weird thing where that might be a, like hung above someone's head. Totally. You know, yeah. Like a weird inequity to begin with. I don't know. But I was just sort of thinking about like how I feel like she could probably easily spend a day in Mexico, especially being a Spanish speaker and do whatever she wants. I, I think like once you go to like past dinner time, that's insane. Well, yeah. And then I mean, this is another thing, but like 
uh, hearing that he was going in and out of the room so many times, like that is that is so shady. It, I mean, he yeah, like you said, he could have been fooling around with someone, but you know, it's something was up. Right, right. So I don't know. So the cops are, you know, thrilled about how fucked he is. And they they get together enough to, like, basically go to trial. And the court that's that's held is uh, kind of held in, like, a jail cell, essentially. And, I mean, there's never, like, a big courtroom scene. It's very – it actually makes more sense, probably, to move – move the court to the prison. Yeah. But DA is asking the older detective to explain the events leading up to Monica's murder. And they basically go through what he thinks happened. They, she found out about the mistress. They began to argue. Bruce woke up and she was packing. He told her everything with Hillary was over. It escalated between them. It got physical at some point. And Bruce is like, you're fabricating a story, but that's not how it works there. And the lawyer like tries his best basically to point out that the story is just a theory. His children were sleeping in the room, which I think is a great point. Uh, do they really think that he hid their mom's body in the room all day and then disposed of her at night? Great point. Yeah. Um, couldn't. There's no way that a, a body could be in a shower and like kids would not know something is up. Basically, they think there's sufficient evidence in the case is being bound over for trial. So his lawyer promises, you know, we're going to try and do our best, but we'll see. Do you want to let's let's play this little end scene. They did get a banger. Rod Ladgrove's love the way it hurts in the very final scene. I'm not going to play that, but I just want to say shout out for getting a banger because I know it's not cheap for them, you know? Yes. I do think that this might have been like an actual lifetime production and not something that they like bought from another company. This seems like one of their big movies. It's very well done throughout, just like commentary on the movie overall right before we wrap up. Uh, it was very well done. The costumes are super appropriate for the era. I think this is a very good, like true crime, easy watch. It's never something that I would be like, Guys, we have to watch this movie. But if you want like a solid little true crime type movie, this is it's not it's not bad at all. No. And I think I mean, the ending was absolutely chilling with them dancing again. Uh, that was a truly chilling callback really made me uncomfortable, but like thrilling to watch. Yeah, let's play this little this little moment here. One twenty two forty eight to one twenty four twelve. This trial has been going on for over a year now, with no end in sight. I mean, the legal system here is unlike anything I know. I mean, this is injustice. Bruce, did you kill your wife? Absolutely not. You've been accused in the press of playing your own reality game show of believing that you could outwit, outlast, and outplay the Mexican authorities and get away with murder. That's absurd. I loved Monica. I would never have done anything to hurt her. And your life now? It's a living nightmare. Just take, take it one day at a time. And this place is, 
This place is not somewhere I'd wish on my worst enemy. I just try to try to take it day by day. And are you a survivor? That remains to be seen. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, the survivor thing was weird. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, I think like that was yeah, I think it was a bigger part of it. I mean, honestly, maybe CBS paid for this <laughs> to be buried too. It's possible because I mean, th that was that was like really sort of how it was picked up in some of the news stories that he was trying to like play this game, which in some senses it kind of makes sense. Listen, I don't think he went to Mexico with the plan to murder his wife. There was just that guy today. Did you see that awful story? No, I, I haven't seen it. Uh there was a man from Santa Barbara who took he's a QAnon conspiracy theorist and he took his 10-month-old baby and his two-year-old son to Mexico and shot them with a fit like a fit like a fishing spear. Oh my. Because he thought that they were he gotten indications that their mom had passed down lizard DNA to them. Oh, and that he had to do it to save humanity. Scariest cult ever right now is the Q. I mean, it's like on another level. Yeah. And I I I guess I can understand why in like, you know, a racist backwards way, why someone would think it would be easier to like leave the country and get away with murder. But like, sorry, as soon as they find the body, they're going to know who did yep, it. 100%. Like it's the it's the dumbest idea. I think he would have honestly in America if the exact same details had taken place. If this happened in Florida, he would have gotten away with it. Yeah, exact same evidence. But I don't know. Listen, I am so glad that you came and did this. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, thank you. I mean, I think yeah. After talking about it, I think he did it. I think. Lifetime added the touches uh, just to seed some doubt. I mean, you know, it was interesting hearing about, you know, that there was another attack later on. I don't know. I, I think this guy did it. And even if he didn't like justice, he, he's behind bars right now. He's probably working on another reality TV show about his time. And like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Good riddance to this guy. I'm, I, I'm going to try to do like more research though, because now yeah. my mind's just going. There was a little last card that came up that said after a trial that lasted over three years, Bruce Beresford Redman was finally convicted of murder. He's currently serving a 12 year sentence in a Mexican prison. Bruce is appealing his conviction continued to continuing to insist upon his innocence yeah i mean why do you think he and he just keeps the two names like it's uh it's very honestly it's like it's one of those things where it makes him seem like a five-year-old yeah i don't get it and his wife took both last names like like hyphenated last names are so sorry i'm so sorry they're tr like kind of 
usually deeply uncool. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like it la- it could go until about age six and then <laughs> it's like a bowl cut. It's just like, um, one mom and dad like will be fine. Like, is this about their feelings or what is this about? Sometimes if it's like a, a sick combo, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. That's so great that you that you had the foresight to mesh those two. Yep. But nine times out of 10, it's just two names that neither of them are 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 particularly great. Yeah, I'm just confused in this case. And yeah, I it's it's I found that one of the weirder parts of the movie. So no hyphen for the baby. No. Well. Jace, this was so much fun. You guys, uh, this was a little bit of a shorty app, but this movie is really, really great and worth watching. Jason is 100% worth follow. Los Feliz Daycare. Do you have anywhere else that people should be checking you out right now, Ben? Um, just check out JD Shapiro on Twitter or Instagram. Not much good is happening anywhere, but I just want to thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I'm so glad I watched Murder in Mexico and love the pod. Yeah, I would love to I would love to catch up with you guys someday soon. So I would and I would love to meet Shannon and and of course, you know, let's 100%. I'm in the valley now. Well, we will All right. we'll make it happen. Fuck yeah. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. You're the bestest all of you. Bye. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy, but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.